Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. No, I think we can definitely make a deep run in the playoffs, and I think we can continue to get better, especially on the defensive end and on the offensive end. Now, I think we haven't reached our full potential yet, and um, especially when Mike comes back, when, when Donovan comes back, you know, I think we'll be a scary team in the playoffs to play against. There's Derek Favors on the big show. Going to get those guys back and be a scary team. Plenty of confidence and optimism right there, PK. Why wouldn't there be? I mean, they've had an excellent regular season. I mean, I was listening to Anthony Davis this morning, and we'll get to that in a minute, and he's talking about how spirits are still high in the Laker locker room, and obviously they've had all sorts of issues there, and the Jazz haven't had near as many, and I don't doubt what Anthony Davis was saying. I believe he was saying what he believes to be true, so if the Lakers have that, then certainly the Jazz should have that in a high abundance, absolutely. Jazz with the NBA's best record game in front of the Suns. Jazz have the Nuggets tonight on paper or on what are we? We're not doing going on paper, PK. Paper's 20 cents. On hardwood. On hardwood? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, it's, this is the best team left on their schedule. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, on paper. Well, just right? no, just by the standings, right? Yep. Doesn't mean that they can't win this comfortably and that they can't lose to somebody who's got a worse record. So you never know about that kind of stuff, but. You look at the standings, this is their last game against a team that is going to be at home for the first round of the playoffs. I think this is going to be a great opportunity because Denver is in a situation where they've had the injuries, too. It's funny, they put on uh, uh, TNT last night, I was watching the Laker-Clipper game, they put on injuries, right? Mm-hmm. And for the Jazz, they had Donovan Mitchell, and for the Nuggets, they had uh, Barton and Murray. Okay, Barton... And not Conley. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and maybe they ran out of space. But if you put in Barton, you've bleeping well better put in uh, Conley. I mean, I have no problem putting Murray ahead of Conley as far as what he means to their team for sure. So you look at Denver, and this is their version of what they're going to have. And it's not the full version, but nevertheless, it's the existing version of the team. So they go into Salt Lake and beat the Jazz. That really gives them a confidence boost because their team has been decimated by injury, a significant player, right? Well, if they could beat the Jazz, it gives them a reference point. Sure, it's a serious blow, particularly to the individuals who are out uh, and probably to our team but if we can look back and say hey now the jazz wouldn't be full strength i understand all that but still it's an opportunity for denver to prove something to itself and then i think that i think you said yesterday right if the jazz beat denver tonight then they've clinched a spot they can't be lower than denver yeah that would put them up five games with five to go yeah and and the jazz play three horrific teams down the stretch so i I think if the jazz win this I think they're going to finish in front of the Suns. They're going to have the best record in the NBA. Uh, They won't mathematically clinch it, but I think that when you look at the schedule, that's how it'll play out. And that's what you said about the 
Um, Suns going into Atlanta, and obviously they you know, ran out of gas on a back-to-back early in the third quarter, and that was that. They lost the game. And so given these two teams' schedules down the stretch, you know, if, if, if either of them can just win one or two difficult games, it's going to put them in a great situation, and the Jazz have that opportunity tonight. But Bring the Nuggets, the, the, the Nuggets are yeah. The Jazz have the Warriors later. That could be a problem. No, um, I mean in the playoffs. Oh, you'd see the Warriors as the probable uh, eight seed. Yes. And the Lakers might darn well be the seventh. Now they have that playing thing. So that could drop I, the Lakers to eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean the Lakers. Well, we'll get the Lakers in a second. Uh, I think the thing to know about the Nuggets is, despite the fact that they've had these horrible injuries, they are 10-2 and two in the last 12 games. Now, so, some of you will hear that and think, oh, man, the Jazz are in for it tonight. And some of you will hear, hey, the Nuggets are due for a loss. You, you shouldn't be this good. You know, so I, I get why you're thinking both those things, and that's why we're all going to watch the game and look forward to it. <laughs> but the, the Nuggets, you just can't give them enough credit for taking that injury to Murray and then later one to Barton, too, and just... 10-2 and two blowing through it. They did lose to the Warriors and the Lakers. Those are the two teams that, that took them down. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Now tries to drive it, fakes the spin, in the lane, steps back, left of the lane, and scores! Huge finish by Doncic. Draymond not happy, waiting, gives it to Curry. Curry right side for three, got it. Above the break three, I think Draymond recognizing that Curry's got it going. Batum to Leonard on the outside. Kawhi wants to go to work on Marquise Morris. Crosses over, driving left, all the way to the rim. A lot of contact, doesn't matter. Kawhi Leonard muscles it through. Yeah, it was fine. That's Anthony Davis. He didn't leave because of the ankle. He left because the back locked up, and he, he played just a few minutes of the start of the game, and he was out. And that's why that, that quote you just gave us, PK, about how much optimism there is in the locker room. And I get if you analyze the Lakers at full strength, it's easy to make them the favorite in the West. But as the injuries drag on week after week and as they just don't seem capable of getting back to full strength, I would think that would really wreck the mood. I mean, you're all geared up. It's the Lakers and the Clippers, and you got AD, and he plays nine minutes. He's two for nine. He scores four points, and he sits down. And they're and they're down significant already. I think they're down like 10 or something like that. Whoa. So that's brutal. Nine minutes, nine shots. What's he, Jordan Clarkson? Yeah, getting them, getting those. No, he's got zero assists. Jordan's averaging four assists now over the last few weeks. Yeah, I would uh, disagree to an extent that if they're healthy, it's easy to see them as the favorite. Uh, it's definitely likely, but I don't know how easy it is anymore. Well, easy for them to get through the playoffs and win it. I get your point, but I think that. In most people's minds, they will be the favorite if they are healthy. Yeah, but, but it's not easy. Mm. You don't just automatically go to it. You probably go to it, but I don't think you automatically, without question, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you do that anymore. I mean, here we are. It's gotten too uh, late? Uh, just, yeah, the, the injury's coming back. I mean, we're looking at the Jazz, you know, if these guys can come back healthy. But if the Lakers, well, Lakers have all their guys, boom. I mean, there seems to be some level of inconsistency there. We wonder if the Jazz can reincorporate their two guys, but the Lakers, they come back. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, uh, 
If I have that same trepidation about how the Jazz will be, I certainly have to have that trepidation at the Laker level, too. And this may prove to be uh, a horrible take, he says, prefacing his potentially horrible take. Ooh, let but, me sit up. <laughs> yeah, ooh, I love it when DJ has horrible takes. <laughs> Time to feast. Chum the waters. The Jazz injuries still feel like they ought to be healthy in time for the playoffs. The hamstring, okay, I'm not as confident in that as I am in the sprained ankle. But he's still got a couple weeks to get. I mean, the playoffs, what are we, uh, 15, 16 days away from the first playoff game? So the ankle really ought to be healthy. But a back, and with LeBron already having tested his ankle and gone out again, and I saw his ankle injury. His ankle injury was weirder and nastier. You know, bending it inside as opposed to rolling it outside. Uh, there's lots of sports you play. You've seen people roll ankles. You probably, you may have even seen it in baseball or softball. You've certainly seen it in basketball, volleyball if you've played it. it the inside, just it just looks nastier. And now he's tried it out and it hasn't worked and he's gone back to the sideline. I don't know. I don't know that he's going to be 100%. Clippers, by the way, then just roll over the Lakers. So that became an the game became an afterthought there. 118-94. Easy win for the Clippers as the Clippers and Nuggets battle for the third and fourth seeds in the NBA playoffs here in the Western Conference. So those two locked up. Plenty at stake for Denver in that game tonight. Uh, the other highlights you heard, the Mavericks beat the Nets 113-109. The Nets' defensive issues rearing their head at the end of the game. They, they led going to the fourth quarter, but the Mavericks took a seven-point lead, and the Nets were hitting big shots down the stretch, but they could not get stops. And the Mavericks hold on and win the game, 113-109. Luka Doncic, 24 points, 10 rebounds. Dallas picking up a win. And now, Dallas is the five seed. Do you have more confidence in anything else as far as where a team's going to be seated in the playoffs in the West right now? Then the Nuggets are the Mavericks at five? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. They're a game up on the Lakers who are shorthanded. They're a game up on the Blazers, and I think well, I think the Mavericks are better than the Blazers. I think you think that too. And they're six games behind fourth place, so it really looks like the Mavs ought to settle into that fifth spot. Well, I think the Warriors at eight. Half game in front of uh, the Grizzlies? Yeah, they'll hold yeah. them off? I think so, yes. Yeah. Indiana Pacers suspended former Jazz player and current Pacers assistant coach Greg Foster. Uh, they find their center, Gogo Bataza. I can't say his name. Bataza. Yak, help me out. I tried to find a pronunciation. I couldn't yeah. find one. So. Well, those two are going at it and got caught on camera on the court a... Uh, a night ago, team said no further details about the incident or punishments would be released. They called it an internal team matter. Even though Greg's now on the court. Greg's now cracking on players. That, yeah, wasn't that internal, right? Uh, Greg's now cracking on players who uh, aren't focused and aren't dialed in. Uh, how rich is the irony there? You don't think that's what Foster was as a player? That was, I think, what drove Jerry Sloan nuts about him. Really? I, don't yes. know, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. Had some talent, and he could help, and he played. I think he was with the team four years, and he could shoot it. Uh, you know, he didn't shoot as many three, so he wasn't doing that, but he could step out to 17 feet and all that, but not blocking out here or there, messing up defensive stuff. Yeah, well, maybe that's out. why, though. Uh, maybe now he gets it. Yeah. I mean, and the player told him to shut the F up as because he made a three. Sit he gave up on driving house. right yeah. down the layup. Uh, he played up no defense whatsoever. I've watched it 20 times now. 
And so Foster jumps him. He comes down, hits a three, tells Foster to shut the F up. What do you expect Foster to do? Just sit there? DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. He's conflicted because this man loves to play the game of football. This man loves to be a Green Bay Packer. And this man truly sees um, careers. He's watched friends leave. He watched Brett Favre's career um, towards the end. He's watched all these things play out in front of his eyes. He's taken notes throughout his entire career. He's seen um, some situations that, that didn't feel um, were done or, or finished the way that they could or should have. And he's just trying to take his own destiny within his own hands. And to that effect, I actually admire him because not many players in the NFL have that opportunity. I sure as heck didn't. Uh, I, I played until everybody told me you can't play anymore, and it's a humbling feeling. And Aaron Rodgers has an opportunity to try and you know, take a little bit of that power back. Green Bay Packer fullback John Kuhn right there telling CBS Sports Radio. He's been in conversation with Aaron Rodgers about Rodgers' reported rift with the Packers. So that's where it sits on the daily update. Feel like you're watching a soap opera right now, PK? Yeah, can you take your destiny into your hands? Isn't your destiny in your destiny and it's going to happen irregardless? Irregardless. But you don't want to accept that it's your destiny. You want to change it. But you don't know if what it is. If you it's truly your it. destiny, you can't change it. But if right, it's just something that could or couldn't happen, some people might consider it your destiny. But Aaron doesn't consider it his destiny. Well, we'll just have to look forward to What are we, um, first week of May here? So we still have uh, over two months before camp starts, right? Yep. Time for plenty of updates on the soap opera. Yeah, you guys give me a call tomorrow. Keep me abreast, okay? Because it's Saturday. Going to skip it. Going to take the day off. I'll call you on the sixth hole. Okay. Detroit Lions have decided that Frank Ragnow's destiny is to get a $54 million contract extension. 54 mil over the next four years. He's 24 years old. Fourth season as a starter, drafted in the first round out of Arkansas in 2018. And he is living the dream, PK. Highest paid center in the NFL. So he must have entered uh, college at 17. Or he played three years. Right, 17, 18, 19. 20. I don't know when his birthday falls. He could have gotten out of 21. Then, yep. This would be his fourth year. He might be turning 25 in a couple months. Well, good for him, man. I mean, you got to make as much money as you can. You're playing the uh, position where you're getting smacked every single play, obviously. So uh, that that's great news for for this young man and his family, for sure. Pro Football Hall of Fame is forming a behavioral health program seeking to address the mental and behavioral health of current and former athletes and their players. The program announced Thursday in Canton, Ohio. It's supported by Hall of Famers like Ronnie Lott, Steve Atwater, Brian Dawkins, Andre Reed, Tim Brown. So, stepping up there to help a lot of former players. I suspect some of those guys, no teammates who either uh, did have issues or are having issues, I would guess. But it's a lot of big names stepping up there. Sure. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. College football team is going to be required to hold at least seven padless practices during the preseason. The number of contact practices will be reduced from 21 to 18 under changes proposed by the NCAA's Oversight Committee. Football Oversight Committee proposal goes to Division I Council for approval this month. It's expected to pass and go into effect next season. 
Think it's going to have any impact, PK? Or if it's everybody going from 21 to 18, what does it matter? People maybe are just having more of these practices because uh, they could and you got to do something to fill the time and guys are getting paid a lot of money and they're trying to cross every T, dot every I, solve every problem, coach up every kid. What do you mean? I don't, I don't understand your this question. Is it, losing these three paddles practices, is it going to lead to worse football? Or were the extra paddles practices really not making that big a difference? Well, I th- I'm not sure. I think you're going to have some coaches, I don't know that they could say it publicly, but they're going to have somebody who's going to say, why don't we just play touch football and yeah. get it over with? Yeah. Uh, we're going to get we're going to get to that point. Seven, uh, it's interesting because you end up having a fair amount as the season progresses. But at the start, you know, usually everybody's healthy, ready to go. But as the season wears on, they end up uh, reducing contact because there's a lot of it during the season and injuries and whatnot. So... Uh, you know, maybe it could help. Uh, I guess it's it, it's not an individual basis because obviously there's plenty of players now who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, went through two-a-days and smacked each other all the time, and then they're fine. And yet there's others who have uh, to the point of the ultimate injury. Uh, so I, I, I can't say a blanket statement one way or the other because it's affecting individuals dramatically and radically different. Texas linebacker Jake Ellinger, younger brother, a former Lions quarterback, or Longhorns quarterback Sam Ellinger, was found dead yesterday in off-campus housing. No cause of death released. Police said the death was not considered suspicious. He'd been seen celebrating with his brother just days ago when the Colts drafted his brother in the sixth round in the NFL draft. Uh, their father died in 2013 during a triathlon in San Francisco. He had a heart attack at the age yeah. of 46 and died on the triathlon course. Well, 20 years old and not suspicious. I mean, it screams one thing. And yeah. It's just awful. Yep, it does. Uh, Kevin Kelly is one of the most successful high school football coaches in the country, well known for his unique approach uh, because he never punts and he almost always onsides kick. Uh, he's jumping from high school to college, Presbyterian College, according to reports, to be the head coach there. Analytics, PK. Analytics say don't punt. Go for it on fourth down. You could get it, and you'll go down and score. And if you get stopped, oh, you might have given up the score anyway. And you might get the stop anyway and get a three and out. It's an interesting strategy. It's really different, but I wouldn't mind seeing somebody at a higher level experiment with it. Maybe well, not a my things, team. Two things. Uh, I don't know about the onside kick. I think the percentages are extremely low on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the punting, yeah. Uh, there's been times that punts just, I'm thinking, what are you doing? Why not give it a shot? Uh, if you if you are a wild underdog and you, you punt on your 45-yard line and then the other team gets the ball on their 20, say, and then two plays, they're right where you would be anyway if you wouldn't have gotten the first down. That, that seems stupid. So it'll be fun to see. Uh, I don't know what uh, Presbyterian, I don't follow Presbyterian, so you'll have to keep me abreast of how they do. But, you know, I've heard of this guy, so sure, why not? Give it a shot. The most aggressive fourth down gambler I've seen was Gary Croton. And that first year when he had Luke Staley, you know, fourth and one and fourth and two, they just didn't punt. <laughs> it was so rare. 
because Staley's averaging, you just know he's going to get four or five yards. And so they kept running the option and running him, and they converted a lot of first downs. And I would think as these offenses get more high-powered, that there ought to be, you know, you got all these analysts. you got to be able to put together, you know, four or five plays that you just know are going to get three to five yards. Just run it up the middle, man. Run it up the middle. (laughs) Probably need to be a little more varied than that in your attack, but I get your point. We're tougher than you. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. McCormick's going the 3-2, and Altuve drives this one deep to left field. It sends back Frazier at the wall, looking up. See you later! Jose Altuve with a go-ahead three-run homer. Astros lead it 5-3. Now high fly ball hit by Duval. Going back at the fence and looking up at the Auto Nation sign and unable to make the play. The ball is out of here into Auto Nation Alley. And on the first pitch, a big ball out to right center field. And that one ain't coming back. Joey Otani with the home run right there. The Angels, uh, well, the Angels game kind of overshadowed, I guess, with Albert Pujols. 41 years old, final year of a 10-year, $240 million contract. And they're letting him go, PK, designating him for assignment. Is it all over, or will someone pick him up? He hasn't been hitting much lately. Production's dropping off big time. 41 years old, as you said, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the uh, contract situation is, how much they would have to take on that, versus what the Angels, obviously, are on the obligation for. Uh, there's talk, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the DH in the American League uh, or Cincinnati with losing uh, Votto, where we talked about we had a fractured mm-hmm. something or other yesterday. Oh. Uh, and so yeah, he's going to play first base. And so obviously uh, our man Pujols, that's what he plays. But he's 41. Uh, somewhat sad in, in that, uh, you know, he's got the st- statistics to be a slam dunker as far as the uh, Hall of Fame. There's just no question about it. Uh, so he's been, and he's been, he adopted two kids with Down syndrome, both of them. So obviously his work off the field has just been impressive. Uh, so his resume as far as Hall of Fame is just an absolutely phenomenal uh, superstar. But he just wasn't getting it done, and the Angels got to try to win. And they got Shohei Tani, and this Jared Walsh kid is like a 39th round pick and sort of come out of nowhere, and it's been playing very, very well. So you can see what the Angels were thinking. Now, they took some heat. Well, why couldn't you just let them stay on the team the rest of the season and then retire, blah, 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 as opposed this is a big-time embarrassment. But this is the way it often happens with legends. You know, if they don't get out early, they end up uh, having, having a decline. It's just a what level of decline. Angels lost the game to Tampa Bay, uh, and they got swept in the four-game series, 8-3 the final score, and they are now four games under five hundred, last right. in the West. So I, I think yeah. teams are carrying so many pitchers these days. You know, they used to carry 9 or 10. You had 15 or 16 position guys on the roster. And so you could have a guy, uh, you know, kind of stashed at the end of the bench. He could pinch hit, spot play, and all that, and basically you could kind of bury him and ignore him. But now teams are carrying at least 11. Some teams carrying uh, 12 or 13 pitchers. 
And so you really can't hide a position guy the same way anymore. You, you really need him to play and produce. Sure. Jose Altuve, 31st birthday, hits a go-ahead three-run homer. Astros beat the Yankees 7-4. I would think that would feel pretty good. You're a small guy. People are looking at you in the, in the middle of this cheating scandal. And Yaka was earlier in the series playing the, the fans uh, chanting stuff at the Astros. So I'm thinking that three-run homer felt pretty good. I mean, it wouldn't under any circumstances, but especially in New York with the Yankee fans riding you hard. Uh, I would agree. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, we've got Craig. No, we do not have Craig Bolerjack. We have David Locke coming up. And then Ben Golliver, national NBA writer for the Washington Post and the author of Bubble Ball. David Locke at 8.30, Ben Golliver at 9 o'clock. Coming up next, the question of the day. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Derek Favors with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So Derek, 48 and 18 at this point. Is this about what you thought this team was capable of? And in addition to that, do you think this team is capable of going deep into the playoffs, contending for a title for real? No, I think we can definitely make a deep run in the playoffs, and I think we can continue to get better, especially on the defensive end and on the offensive end. I think we haven't reached our full potential yet, especially when Mike comes back, when, when Donovan comes back. You know, I think we'll be a scary team in the playoffs. Catch The Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toes brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury hasn't. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. Well, PK, we need to thank the good folks at TNT. Need to thank TNT. Need to thank EJ mm-hmm. for picking the Utah Jazz to go to the NBA Finals because Ernie Johnson providing the obvious show topic. That got social media buzzing when he blurted that out on the set last night. Jazz to the NBA Finals. How about that? Reaction, Jazz fans. Some of it, quite predictable. Some of it, I thought, uh, I thought pretty good. Some of it, Jazz fans running scared. All right, let's get to it. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) Mark, someone should ask Shaq how he feels about EJ's prediction. (laughs) Nice. Well played, Mark. Brian says, Ernie Johnson is a wise man and the voice of reason. Brian uh, says it doesn't matter if they do or they don't pick the Jazz. The Jazz have to finish the deal. It's all on them to win on the, co- control, on the court. They control their own destiny, not the media. Look at Brian staying grounded. And Can you control true. destiny? If it's destiny, it will happen. <laughs> so I don't know that you can control it. Uh, but, yeah, but see, the, the, the Jazz fans really uh, enjoy this stuff because – it's it's the constant we get no respect, and then when somebody gives you respect, oh, it doesn't matter. No, obviously it doesn't matter, and it's going to be up to the players in a couple of weeks to get this thing going, and if they're still playing in July, they've got a good shot. If not, it's going to be a disappointment. The great thing about this season with the Jazz is that there's only two ways it can end. 
It can end with the title or it can end in disappointment. And that's a great, great spot to be in. You know, Phoenix, you look at them, and if they don't win the title, well, man, they made such tremendous progress from where they were for 11 years. 11 years, man. It's been since they've been in the postseason, which is shocking because when I was down there and I grew up, they made it every single year. I mean, they were just one of the model teams of doing things right and all that. The smaller market at the time is not nearly as small anymore, but still, uh, they can spin it about progress. And the Jazz, to an extent, can too. But see, I don't think that you need to take another step, meaning so you won the second round, and the next year you come back and get to the third round, and then the next year you get to the finals and blah, blah, blah. I don't think it necessarily needs to work that way. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. And I know you're going to go cite the, your wheelhouse of the '80s and the '90s. I understand all that, but I still think that it doesn't have to be like that. This team has been a playoff team, and then you add a veteran like Mike Conley, who has been in the playoffs many, many times and has had a lot of success. Was in the Final Four when he was in college. So I don't think they need to take incremental steps. So that puts them in the position of being where they are right now. And they're there because they're really good. And I'm sure they've had the best health. But as I've been saying, your health will determine uh, your record. And that record is legitimate irregardless of whether the other team had health. Now, you could argue that if the Lakers or Denver, if they had their health, they would be higher. Fine. Okay, but that doesn't take away from what the Jazz did because you're not playing the Lakers 20 times. You're playing them three times. So it's not like you're padding your win total off of the Lakers' injuries. No. You're not you're 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 adding to your win total because you're really good. So that puts them in the position of being legitimate. And once you're in this position, there's only two things that can happen. Either win it all or you don't. And if you don't, there's disappointment. But that's where you want to be. It is where you want to be, and it hundred percent is where they are. Uh, to your point about padding the record and all that, they're they're basically playing at a sixty win pace here for a full eighty two game season. You win 60 games in the NBA, you're a really good team. There are plenty of teams that have won 60 games and not won the title. But the champ is usually in that 60-game win range. And I know everything's weird this year because they aren't going to play the last 10 games and because they played a compact schedule along the way, which has probably cost teams wins just because you have more scheduled losses, you know, the, the way they send you through road trips and stuff. So all that stuff is out there, but I still can't get past the fact that if you're basically playing at a 60-win pace, you got a legit shot at the title. I just think for both the Jazz and the Suns, and it is different for the Suns because they haven't been to the playoffs. And now they're, they're sky high. They're going to be the one or the two seed here in the, in the entire, not just in the West, but in the entire league. So I do wonder if they're going to have more disappointment because as much as we look at the Jazz guys in their 30s and say, well, can they all repeat this next year? The Jazz will need them all to repeat this year. Can they do it? They're saying the same thing about Chris Paul there. So I think that heightens the disappointment because you don't, a lot of times when teams are arriving like the Suns do, they know they've got a three- to five-year window. Or they at least suspect they do. Or they think they do even if they don't. <laughs> but now you can't say you got a five-year window when you got a 36-year-old guy. You just, it's impossible. 
Well, you could have a next year window. Uh, and that is true. Chris Paul's stats are not overwhelming. He's not statting yet to uh, impressive lengths, so I think they can do it next year. So for them, they could still spin it. And and, and then one thing, I am I just want so much to have 82 games so we don't have to hear you say they're on a 60-win pace if it was an 82-game season because the pace will be what it is. Your win total will be what it was. I don't think this is a weird season at all. I think this is a real season, and with real games and whatnot, everything's the same to me. So, I, I mean, I haven't noticed that when we get there next week that it's going to be 10 games fewer. It just really hasn't seemed to be that way. It's just this is the season. And so, and these will be the playoffs, and the playoffs will be the same and all that stuff, and you go forward and you do what you do there. So, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a regular, regular season. Games come at you fast and furious. So, the only thing is they started it later, and it'll end the a little bit later other than that to me it seems extremely normal and so i'm excited for the postseason but the jazz are in a position to where they should be considered to win and if they don't win at all it'll be a disappointment and and you know, people will spin it other other ways to try to soften the blow it'll be that. disappointing when they walk off the court but I, there's no way i don't it. have a blow it, it doesn't matter to me yep. and so it's it's easy for me to say because uh, i'll be disappointed for them but i won't be disappointed for myself TNT's Ernie Johnson picks the Jazz to make the NBA Finals. How about that? Nelly dismisses it all. Still too early. Let's see how Connie and Mitchell are. We need to get out of the first round for sure this year, though. For sure. For sure. You're going to be the one or two seed. You do need to get out of the first round for sure. uh, Well, yeah, anytime first or second seeds don't get out of the first round. It's a big story. It's a it really is, yeah. So absolutely, they expect him to get out of the first round. I don't know necessarily know that it'll be easy because I appreciate the talent of these teams at the bottom. They don't have big-time consistent talent across the board, but they have some players who possess some big-time talent, whether it's Memphis or uh, Golden State. I'm not sure who it's going to be and how it's going to play out. But both of those teams have, you know, they have a collection of decent players, and in some one case, obviously with the Warriors, they have a superstar. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. With uh, Curry doing what he's been doing for many years, and just so fun to watch and lighten it up. So it's not going to be a breeze, but yeah, that's that's the position that they're in, and it's the position that they should embrace. And I do think it's a position they embrace. The potential playoff opponents, Lakers, Blazers, Warriors, Grizzlies. I suppose there's a slight chance for the Spurs. If the Jazz are the one seed, the Spurs could play their way to eight. Don't think that's going to happen. think it's much more likely. Lakers, Blazers, Warriors, Grizzlies. And to your point, Ja Morant would be like the low-end star you'd be facing, right? Well, I guess you could play the Lakers without their two stars. But Dam- yeah. Damian Lillard, Steph Curry... Uh, plenty of star power in that uh, six, seven, eight, nine range right now. We don't know who's going to get to six and escape the play-in. Lakers or Blazers, one of them will. One of them will get themselves out of trouble there. All right, more people. I, oh, go ahead. I don't think Ernie Johnson will be the last one to pick the Jazz, or the only one. You're probably right on that. That's probably a safe prediction. Uh, a lot of these predictions are going are, are still up in the air because people are waiting to check 
so many key players' health. You know, is Kawhi Leonard going to play 30, at least 30 minutes in every game from now to the end of the season? And is he going to look good doing it? Or is he going to be in trouble? And same questions for AD and for LeBron and for Mitchell and for Conley. I mean, the Nuggets are shorthanded, but we know what their shorthanded is going to look like. So at least there aren't the questions there. But there's questions for a lot of players and a lot of teams here down the stretch. Yes, with the injury situation, but uh, that will be cleared up one way or the other. When we get uh, they'll because of the the first week it'll be focused on the play in and mm-hmm. that'll grab the attention and rightly so because it'll be fun and you'll have all that stuff there so you'll be able to see that for a little bit but then once that's done and we regroup and we have the entire bracket set at that point you'll know where you stand now obviously that could change and people can get injured along the way but I think we'll have a pretty good idea. I, I, I don't think that, and I could be completely wrong, but I don't think that once we have the bracket set, so we're done with the play-in and the actual bracket is set, I don't think we'll have a bunch of, uh, of these upper-tier players being game-time decisions, meaning we'll know. Now, they may spin it that way uh, to keep them guessing, but I, don't, I think that's more of a college deal. Uh, keep them guessing as far as uh, don't don't let them know, particularly in football. I mean, Kyle has gone berserko on that because you've seen other teams do it, so why not? Why give the team an advantage? I don't think it's much of an advantage or disadvantage either way because most teams, the way you play is going to determine whether you win or not. But I don't think that's much of a uh, – professional thing that they do so my guess is that uh, we'll know who's in who's out and it won't be well we got to see we'll go through some game day activities and then they'll you know come on and shoot around and then make a decision my guess is we don't do that 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 we'll be in the position where we'll know so the point I'm making is that after the play-in games then when you have your predictions they'll, they'll seem like at that point they'll be far more legitimate because you'll know exactly who you're going to play in the first round, and then you go from there and you know who's available. And I really believe the two Jazz players are going to be available. Colton addressing that very point. He posts, if we, and he puts a, if we, in quotes, if we are healthy, I don't see why not. Colton, too. Colton's ready to shoot the moon. Go for it. Well, I think you have to be at this, pay, at this point. You got, the, you got the best the, record. Why not? And 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 if you have things clicking, you're awfully tough to beat. That's just the fact. If things are going well, and you could say that for several teams, I understand that when things are going well, you're a really good team for sure. You could say that about multiple teams just about every year. But we're not talking about multiple teams. We're talking about the Jazz, and with them where they are right now, if they're clicking. They have a legitimate shot. And I know that it seems, what are you talking about? The Jazz going all the way? They've just done it twice in how long they've been in Utah? 40 years now? Uh, it's so hard to do. And it is hard to do. It's funny because, you know, if you're anointed like for the Lakers, well, it's not hard to do because it seems like you're doing it every other year. So it's almost a birthright. But for uh, two of the places where I spent a lot of time in Phoenix and here – 
it just seems like, oh, wow, it's, it's just never going to happen. And when it does happen, it's like you almost have to pinch yourself because you can't believe it. And it, it's uh, interestingly for both franchises, just to get to the finals has happened twice. And that's it. <laughs> that's all you got. And for and you've both had pretty good runs, but that's all you got is two. So it's hard to think that, wow, it's going to happen this year. But it very well could happen this year. I mean, actually, it could happen for both teams this year. Uh-huh. How crazy is that? I'll have such an internal conflict if it's the Jazz versus the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, you'll, except you, I won't. You'll have internal conflict no matter who it is. It won't have anything to do with the Western Finals, but you will have it while the Western Finals are going on. Somebody asked me, a friend of mine lives in California, oh, it's the Sun when the Suns were playing uh, that Friday a couple of weeks ago. So who are you rooting for? I texted it back, money talks. <laughs> <laughs> What good does a Phoenix win do me? <laughs> yeah, no, really. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got a little college news breaking, and we will tell you about that next. Stay with us. Number one. Vegas, your number one preset. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Salt City Youth Sports. Registration now open for Skyhawk Sports Academy summer camps. Join us for an action packed, fun filled summer of youth sports camps at a location near you. Choose between soccer, flag football, fueled by USA football, golf, baseball, cheerleading, multi sports camps, mini hawk camps, and more. Find program information and register today at www.skyhawks.com. Well, PK, our own Jake Hatch, taking to Twitter this morning, expecting an announcement from Ryland Jones about his next step in his playing career today. Expectations are he'll leave the University of Utah, enter the transfer portal, and head north to Utah State, per multiple sources. And Josh Newman from the Trib retweeting it, quote-tweeting it, with multiple sources that painted a similar picture to the Salt Lake Tribune in recent days. No small deal here, given the high school career Jones had and his familial ties to the University of Utah. Of course, his uh, dad was a coach and a former assistant coach with a, with a couple different coaches, actually, and then a couple different staffs, and then also a former player there. And so I think what we're seeing here, which is new, but I guess maybe could be the norm going forward, is Trade coaches, trade rosters. We're seeing a fair amount of player movement back and forth here between the Utes and Aggies. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can confirm this for about a week now. So, yeah, absolutely. It's out there, and it just seems like it's just a matter of time before that happens because uh, the guards came down from Utah State, and Craig Smith – Craig Smith, uh, I don't know if it's, a, if it's necessarily a negative – uh, but as I understand it in talking with people, uh, when he latches on to someone, he has a sense of loyalty. And what's the guard? Uh, Worcester? What, what's, his, what, what's that kid's name? Raleigh Worcester. Yeah, yeah, he's from Montana. He, he, he uh, Craig Smith loves him. 
And so he's going to be a starter this next season. And so Jones has an opportunity to go. And his dad coached up there, too. His dad is going to be the head coach at uh, Highland High, as I understand it. Chris Jones is one of the one of the better dudes that I know. I've known him for a long time, just as solid as they can be. And he deserves to be coaching somewhere, basketball in Utah, because he's got Utah roots all the way to the core. And just to, I can't say enough about Chris Jones and how much I like the guy. Uh, and his son has an opportunity, if he chooses to do this, I think he will, to go up there and, and make a mark. And that's good. I think Chris would have liked to have been at the Utah State staff but uh, we know that most of his staff that uh, Odom is taking with him is coming from uh, the East Coast in Baltimore. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's going to happen, and it's a good move for Ryland to get an opportunity to stay in state and have his family around. He's a family kid and all that stuff uh, with his parents there, basketball family in the state. So it makes sense. Yeah, it's just – College basketball, it's just the way it's going to be. You know, this is just a local example. But uh, so many kids changing teams and all this stuff, it's its really, really crazy. It's And Dick Vitale has taken to social media and has been strong in how he thinks it's, it's really hurting the game. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, he's got a point. Well, there's no doubt he has a point. But what are you going to do? Is, is it something that you can legislate and don't allow the kids to do what they think is best? And, and usually they're acting in concert with their parents or some, you know, some form of advisors. Uh, so do you say, no, you can't do it? Because we're seeing it that the Utah State, uh, once Craig Smith leaves, you know, he takes a significant amount of guys with him. But then you see guys leaving where Odom coached coming out with him. So... You can't get too upset if you're an Aggie fan. Your coach is doing the same thing. It doesn't feel good having it done to you, but your coach is doing the same thing. And it's not just these two guys. And it's not not just a coach-driven thing. There are coaches staying put who are seeing players, okay, some of the players leave and they want them to leave. And they may have helped push them out the door. But other times they're seeing players leave and, I was planning on starting you. Don't leave. And they got to deal with that. But for the for the kids and for their families and whoever's helping them make decisions, it's normal. They've done this in AAU for years. Now you can do it in college. Why wouldn't you? Well, what it reminds me of, uh, I didn't cover junior colleges here in Utah, but down in California I did, uh, and and they, they basically have no rules. So you would see kids, uh, rosters would change dramatically. Now they're going to change just by virtue of only being a two-year institution. But from, from one year to the next. You didn't count on you, freshmen being back for their sophomore year. That's what you're getting at. Yeah, they could just, because they can go anywhere and there was no and the schools penalty are or so, form of redshirting or yeah. what have you. And the schools are so close together down there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. From Long Beach City to Harbor College to El Camino to they just they would bounce around like crazy. Donnie Daniels is the coach at Harbor College, which is one of the colleges, uh, junior colleges that uh, I had responsibility for. So pretty good brand of basketball, but it would be all over the place. So I, I I've thought about this. Like, what can you do? Is there anything you do? I don't know that there's anything that you can do. Uh, as far as reducing the issue, the issue is here to stay. I think what can help is that having the kids being able to go to the NBA out of high school, 
if that's what they choose. I think I think that actually helps the college game rather than hurt it. And people always say, what are you talking about? Well, because you get some of these kids coming in there, and it's like a stopover. And it's like, well, how are you helping me for next year in my draft status? And it's Dave Rose has talked to me about this at length. You know, where there's, you got to focus on the team, but so much of the focus has been removed from the team. And maybe if they just went to the NBA and got drafted or went in the G League or whatever it might be, then maybe you could bring more of the focus back on the team. So maybe that could help. So I thought that the what you say about the NBA thing was going to be a big positive, but the guys who aren't NBA guys aren't that focused on the team. If if they're better, I mean, we're, who is the guy who's coming to Utah from UNLV who's on his third school? I'm blanking on his name now. Um, you know, but it, it's a case, it's a clear case of every school he's moved to, it's he was undervalued or he's a late bloomer, one or the other. And every time he moves, he's going to a higher level of competition, which whether that gets him in the NBA or not, we'll see. But it could get him to a higher level in Europe or you know, somewhere overseas, maybe goes to Asia or I don't know. You know there's so many places you can go. Players have gone to South America and Australia. You can go anywhere and play. So it's, it's transactional for everybody. And I think that's where Dick Vitale is right. It's like the fan bases aren't going to latch onto a player who's at a school three or four years if guys aren't at schools three or four years. It's always like, I don't know who these guys are, but as long as they come in and win, I'll be interested. That's not the same level of buy-in. And I I get it when people, and this is a pro thing too, um, hey, I don't have to do any of the PR and we don't care about the feel-good stuff and the bonding and all that because if you win, they come. Winning's the biggest part of the puzzle. If you win, they come. Well, from an individual perspective, I get why you say that, but if you're in a 30 or 32-team league, everybody can't go to the NBA and NFL playoffs. Everybody can't go to the NCAA basketball tournament as an industry, and that's how Dick Vitale's looking at it. It's like, okay, so... You're going to have 60-whatever teams that are pretty excited to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, even some of those 68 may think, yeah, we're in, but we're not seated. As, you know, if Kentucky's an 8 seed, they're not excited. So we'll have however many teams are excited about the NCAA tournament. Uh, but these other two or 300 teams, man, why, why is anybody going to care? Yeah, you're talking about Jenkins, the kid. I believe that's who you were yeah. uh, referencing. Who's coming, coming from, from Vegas. Vegas, and where was he before that? Do you know uh, if you have South a... Dakota State? Right. So everything's an upgrade. Everything's perceived as a higher league and a bigger program. And, and good for him. You know, everything is transactional, and he's setting himself up to make money playing pro basketball somewhere. More eyes will be on him. Bigger stage. Bigger opportunity. But I get why Dick Vitale says it. You know, for one school, it may make sense. But for the industry, it looks like it hurts. I don't see how it doesn't. All right, DJ PK coming up. David Locke's going to join us at 8.30. Yuck, you got the Michael Buffer ready to rumble thing going there? We'll have it. Nice. You looking forward to it, PK? Oh, for sure. I Steel cage match. <laughs> Me versus Locke on the way. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.